thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. I love that video, and I love Easter. Welcome to Open Life. My name is Thad, and thank you for attending church on this side of the bridge today. That's for the locals, you know. Uh, That bridge being out, if you normally transport yourself into Enumclaw for church, this was a great option, uh, an alternative today, so... Uh, crazy. Your, your commutes just got longer for a week, from what I understand, if you work in Enumclaw. Some are going, what is he talking about? The bridge in between Buckley and Enumclaw got damaged, so it shut down for a while. So, kind of fun stuff. Speaking of shut down, the devil thought he shut down Jesus by him going to a grave. And we celebrate today the fact that he rose. And so that's why we're gathered. And I want to read the moment that we're here to celebrate about. Matthew 28, 1 through 10 says, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow, The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Like, these are the Navy SEALs of their day, and they shook and looked like dead men. Verse 5, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. He said, greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. That's what we just did in song. We just clasped the feet of Jesus and said, hallelujah, what a Savior, right? We just declared, amazing is our God. This is incredible that He has risen, and we get a chance to celebrate this now from our perspective, but I want to look at this text today, this text that's the the culmination of so much perfection, that Jesus lived His life without sin, made His way to the cross, an innocent man, shed His blood, had His body broken for our sins. He paid the price for us. He went to the grave and faithfully, just as was prophesied, rose 
from that grave. Today is the day we celebrate, and, and, and then we celebrate the stone and, and the search and the joy that is recorded in this text. Thousands of years later, it still has impact and is applicable for our lives to put our faith and trust in Jesus. And the angel's still saying, I know that you are looking for Jesus. And I hope coming today to open life, you see Jesus. You find Jesus. That we can get out of the way and help you see clearly the Son of God today. That, that's my prayer. The search is over. He's alive. And you have an opportunity to put faith in Him and really have your life more positively impacted than you could dream through a relationship with Him. You could leave here today, maybe just as the women left the grave, afraid, yet full of joy. I remember when I was 21 and put my faith in Jesus, I was at a convention and these guys told their story about their parents dying in a bus crash and I was all weepy and didn't know why. And, and it was like, and I'm a crier, I'll admit, you know, but usually it's like at the end of the movie, Glory and Denzel grabs the flag and I'm like, that's beautiful, man. Or it's when Russell throws instead of Lynch running. Anyway, so, you know, there's moments. I cry during lots of moments. But this moment right here, you know, when I made a decision to follow Jesus, I walked out of this convention center and it was like, I didn't really comprehend all that I had just like said, I'm in to. And I was kind of afraid, yet full of joy. I don't know if you've had a chance yet to experience that. And it's okay if you haven't because we're all in process. But this is the promise we have today. John 3, 16 and 17 says this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. I think you can't read verse 16 without verse 17. God did not send his son into the world to spank us and say naughty, naughty. He sent his son into the world to love us and provide a way to everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I think today we live in a world where we would kind of look at this moment where the women went to the grave, and there's an angel from heaven who just rolled this massive boulder out of the way of a tombstone. You know, this huge of tomb, this stone tomb, this huge boulder that would have been in like this divot, just rolled this thing away, shook the earth. Soldiers were afraid, but yet what we picture sometimes is this angel saying, man, you let him die. How could you do this? You know, we kind of think he would take these women who come to worship him and, and scold him because Jesus was in the tomb and he had to show up and free him. But that's not the case. That's not at all what happened here. The angel's like, good news. And they're like, huh? Right? I'm so enamored by that. Jesus didn't come to bring condemnation, but to roll back the stone and roll back the course of time to when we were without blemish, totally without any blemish in our lives. Jesus was God's answer because man could not reunite to God on our own effort. So the Bible has two chunks, an Old Testament 
and a New Testament. And we'll read a lot of passages from it. And, and I'll give you their references. And they're on your sheet or the whole text is on your, your digital device if you're following through on the website or on the app. But I look at this and I go, you know what? The Old Testament was about man's effort of reuniting with God, how we fell short of that. We couldn't do it on our own. And the New Testament is the first four books explain Jesus' story and, and then how we needed Jesus' story to actually be in right relationship with God and live life to its full. And I look at this and say, how amazing is God that he would send his son so that we could actually get the most out of life, not to condemn us, but to provide a way of life for us. I think it's still healthy that we approach God afraid, yet filled with joy today. You know, it's kind of, it should make us nervous the responsibility he gives us. But there's something to be uncovered in this resurrection moment and the, the stone that's rolled back and the search these ladies came looking for Jesus and, and that they left full of joy. Something that gives us takeaway today, that removes the shame from our life, that helps us realize we're no longer condemned. It's what we celebrate. He rose again three days later. This is awesome. Resurrection Sunday. This is so incredible what Jesus did for us. He rose from the grave, and, and uh, so we look at this impossible grave opening up, right? The stone rolling back. Something so bold and audacious as an angel intimidating soldiers. Their shock. It was all based on love and grace, forgiveness. It was an opening for us. It's interesting in Scripture, there's a lot of talk about the stone and, uh, and, and what the stone represented. And we're going to kind of look at some of that symbolism today. And, and you look at what they, they did in trying to keep Jesus in the grave. They knew the prophecy that he was told people he was going to raise three days after he died. So they, they sealed it up. They guarded it. They tried to keep him in there. But they could not hold him back. And they didn't realize how much victory there was for Jesus after death. He, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, right? And now people still don't get the, the kind of victory that is in a follower of Jesus' life at death. I mean, I, I just was broken this week to read the story about the university in Kenya and hear the news about how they separated out the followers of Jesus from those that were not and, and assassinated them, not realizing they could not take their life in death. They still have promise in following Jesus. They have eternal life. And it's something to be, to, to be grasped and, and catch that there's no victory still today. The stone cannot hold us down, even if we die by the stone, as I'll share in a moment and as we see in our next story. On this day, when the stone moved, history was forever changed. It's what we celebrate. 
It was the finishing point of Jesus' story that he bore our sin and shame on the cross. And without the resurrection, Jesus would have just been another cool guy, another great prophet. But the moment he rose, he separated himself from all who've proclaimed deity as the only one who's rose from the dead. First Peter 2.24 says it this way, He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds, you're healed. Colossians 2.15 says it like this, Having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Wow. No longer are we condemned. The power of shame has been broken by the cross and the resurrection. You have a way to find peace, hope, freedom, love again through Jesus. So what is this stone symbolizing? It represents judgment and condemnation throughout history, stones were used. And I'm not talking pebbles. I'm talking stones were used as capital punishment. Like when somebody would, would find themselves in a place where they broke either a law of the land or a spiritual law, there were all these judgments carried out against them, and people would use stones as capital punishment. Like literally throw… St- I can't imagine dying that way throw stones until their life is done. And we have this symbol now of the stone being rolled away from the grave. In their day, they didn't have abuse of authority with guns. They had abuse of authority with stones. And it goes all the way. You can read all the way through the book of Acts when there's Abuse of authority by people stoning others. But listen to this story. Jesus flipped everything around and really challenged the religious people of the day in this passage. John 8, 2. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts. This is Jesus. Where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group. So public shaming, right? They made her stand before the group. And they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using the question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. And Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? 
Has no one condemned you? Then neither, and she said, no, no one, sir. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. This is the Son of God. If there was a spiritual law that said she should be stoned, he would have been the first to pick up a stone. If that was why he came, was to condemn and put us out of our misery through death and judgment, he would have done it right then, but he didn't. And he challenged the religious people of the day, hey, this is not mercy. This is not how you carry out mercy and love. This does not change culture to throw a stone. I remember one of the first stories Open Life became known for in the community five years ago was when there used to be a barista stand here that we were kind of known for in our city. It kind of got us on access and some different like nightly weird news coverages that came out. And, and, and if you remember, the little teapot there on 410 used to be called Peek-a-Brew. Do you remember Peek-a-Brew? Hopefully not. All of you remember it for another reason. Anyway, so, uh, but Pika Brew was extra known because they were like the first uh, pasty type bikini barista establishment that did uh, streaming Wi-Fi coverage of their baristas in their skimpies making coffee, right? I burned myself when I used to make espresso. I can't imagine like spitter, sputter. Oh! Anyway, uh, so, you know, we would joke around at the beginning when Open Life started because we were right across the street at the theater and we were like, we should start a coffee shop. You know, some of us guys could get together and start a coffee shop. Pick a bro, you know, and that'd be sweet and see who wins. Encourage people while they're coming through, you know. The guys could encourage the late. I'm just, I don't know what the appeal would be. Like, it's like... Welcome. I don't know. It's kind of goofy. I'm not even going to go there visually. Stop. Okay, so, um, but you look at this moment, and, and I remember driving by and looking one day, and it, there was caution tape surrounding the place and, and a lot of activities. So I looked over, and that's why I was looking over. Did you see I had to qualify the reason I looked? Anyway, so and I look over, and uh, the windows were all smashed out. There was glass all over, and people were, like, cleaning up. And I was like, Somebody busted out their windows. We're still throwing stones today, trying to prove our point, or we disagree with something and we throw a stone. And I remember how upset that made me. I'm just like, Jesus doesn't throw stones. It was just automatic in my head. And so I was speaking at this church in Utah, and, and I was sharing the story and joking around about Pika Bro, and you know, kind of. Uh, and, and they said all of a sudden they were like, they were like. Uh, this guy came up to me after the service and said, that's not cool. That's not cool that someone would, sorry, I won't joke around about Pika Bro anymore. She's all upset about that. She's like, I liked that coffee. Anyway, so uh, we were, just, just kidding, we were sitting there leaving the service, and this guy walked up to me with a $20 bill and said, you go give this to those ladies, and you tell them Jesus doesn't throw a stone. And I'm like, and I remember calling our board saying, okay, we're, we're replacing those windows. Somebody just gave me $20, and it just made my faith go, we're going to go. We're going to hand them a check and replace their windows and tell them we love them, and Jesus wouldn't throw a stone. And so we did that. I drove up. I went, here's a check. Um, if you got, there's money, and it's not, it's, it's for the windows. Uh, you know, anyway, 
That's literally what I did. I felt so weird. But uh, so it's really awkward to drive up to a bikini barista and like give them extra money because usually when, no, never mind. I'll keep your minds pure. So I was like, you know, for the windows. So my favorite thank you note to this day is the thank you note signed by everybody at Peekabrew. We shouldn't throw stones. What are we doing throwing stones? Jesus comes at this. He hits pause on the, the normality of judgment and condemnation and says that's no longer how we lead. We lead through love and mercy and grace. There's a marked new way that needs to begin. And you know what it's going to result in? Genuine joy and life to the full. Because we're all searching for that. Which, so the stone and the search. If you're a blank filler in her, that's the second blank. The search is for Jesus, but not just people don't know they're searching for Jesus. They're searching for that emptiness to be filled. And the woman caught in this story was searching in a way that maybe you or I don't agree with. And and she's sitting there caught in the act of adultery. And she must have wondered. She had to have wondered. And she knew she deserved what was coming to her with the stoning because they caught her in the action. But she must have wondered, why drag me out into the middle of the street how am I still alive? And she's there just broken and expectant of the judgment and condemnation that's going to come. Obviously, she's coming to this well-known prophet, and she's got to be full of shame and sorrow. And she stands before the group, and, and she's not even allowed to, like, protect herself. She's about to get stoned. They make her stand. It's messed up. And imagine her confusion. As Jesus begins to write on the ground, and we still, to this day, we have no idea what he was writing. Could have been drawing pictures, etch-a-sketch style. I don't know, but he's drawing in the ground. It's like sandy, it's gravelly, it's dry. He takes the, the, the position of a servant, and he gets down below her. She's standing, and he just starts, it's interesting to me. And he tells them, whoever has the no sin in their life. You cast the first stone, and, and all of a sudden, imagine as she stands there and hears the first stone fall, and it didn't hit her. And she hears the <coughs> of them kind of walking away, and then another thunk. I wonder when her eyes opened. There had to have at least been 40 guys with rocks. It took like 40 blows usually or 40 lashes to kill somebody with a stone. Had to have been a lot of rocks. Steps walking away. Jesus still down riding on the ground. And he finally stands. What was she expecting from him at that moment? When he looks her finally in the eye, he's at her level, he looks her in the eye. Where are your... condemners. Might she have thought, well, it's going to be you, right? You're the one? Neither, he, he makes it clear, neither do I condemn you. Wow. Do we live that way? Do we treat people like that that deserve all the dignity and grace and love in the world? 
I don't know, maybe you've not been treated that way by people of the faith before, and I just, I apologize. That's the way you should be treated. Somebody should look in your eye. I'm not going to be the one to condemn you. God sent Jesus to love us and to prove it on a cross and in a grave. Romans 5.8 says it this way, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, in this, catch this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not as soon as we get good enough, he paid the price for us to be free, no. While we're still sinners, while we're in the most messed up season of our life, that's when grace comes running. Why? Man, we don't have to be free from sin to experience God's love. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's His love while we're trapped in sin that frees us. It's that confrontation of sin with love that sets us free. Because catch the end of that story. He says, you know, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. He didn't say, clean yourself up and I'll think about the penalty. Come back in a week and, and let's figure out if you've done enough to earn grace. No, you deserve it right now at the worst season of your life. Now leave your life of sin. It took the breaking of condemnation and shame to open the door for freedom from sin. And we search at what we need to do. We need to stop that search and find Jesus. I know what you're looking for. It's Jesus. The angel told the people. We must embrace the freedom found in following Jesus. And that's the open door to crushing the weight of sin and missing the mark and, and the things that bother us that we do and we know there's just something off with it. We first must follow Jesus to open the door towards freedom from that. Jesus came so the fight against eternal judgment would be finished. No more laws we have to practice, no more rituals and festivals to keep, just faith in God and His solution, His one and only Son. These women went to the tomb searching for Jesus, but the angel simply told them, I know that you are looking for Jesus. And he rose. Go quickly. The search is over. Jesus is alive. So again, I read it just a second ago, 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, we've been healed. The search is over. It's Jesus. He paid the price. It's done. And that should lead us to the final blank in your handout. Well, I guess it's not the final, but the joy. Hebrews 12.2 says it this way, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Broken is no barrier with Jesus. Broken's no barrier with Jesus, whose joy was set before him. Whose joy? Your joy? My joy? His joy? All of us. We're all filled with joy because of the price he paid. 
The prophecy was this in Isaiah 61 in the Old Testament. In verse 7, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. Stones and Jesus, the religious dropped them. The angel moved them and were not condemned because of it any longer. I just love this story. Afraid yet full of joy is where we should find ourselves, expectant for this everlasting joy which He promised. Jesus is in the business of turning our worst into His best, and that's only proved through story. You know, I could read all these scriptures and say it does this, this, and this, and I could tell you my life story, but what about your story? We captured a couple of them on video, and I want you to watch them here with us this morning. I had a pretty rough upbringing. Dad was in the service. We were always moving around, and it wasn't good times at times, and there was some childhood abuse, so I went ahead and was removed from the home at age of 14, and I went to a foster home. Actually, I went through several foster homes until I met this one um, Christian family that lived out in the middle of nowhere on a farm. I grew up in a household that wasn't very religious. Um, my parents were uh, definitely not Christian. Um, life wasn't bad. Like, I grew up agnostic, to be fair, right? I grew up, you know, learning from schools, which, you know, they're not allowed to teach you religion, so I learned science and, you know, Darwinism and, you know, survival of the fittest types of things. And, you know, I didn't know. I mean, I, that's the simplest way I can put it, you know. So I didn't really come to really learn about Christianity until uh, I met my wife, Krista, um, who was a Christian and, uh, you know, was very, very important to her. And, you know, I thought she was pretty cool. So <laughs> thought it'd be something I should probably learn. To church one night, and it was a, a potluck and watching a movie, and the movie happened to be Mark of the Beast. And I had never been so terrified in my life before after watching that movie, and there was no way I was just going to go without li- go through life without God at that point because I didn't like the other options. And I went ahead and went forward when they had an altar call after the movie with my foster parents, and I accepted the Lord attended church with Krista because it was important to her, but we weren't regular attenders. And it was one point about, it was actually about 10 years ago, but, you know, there, you know, the service was going on, and, you know, at the end of the service, you know, the, the pastor asked if there was anybody that wanted to follow Jesus, you know, and I just closed my eyes and prayed and, and uh, raised my hand. You know, I felt the Holy Spirit in me. I, I, that's the only thing I could really explain about it. And it just, uh, it was, you know, euphoric and, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and, you know, I just felt uh, a presence. I mean, that's, that's all, that's the best way I can explain it. And, you know, raised my hand, got my New Beginner's Bible and started on the, on the path to understanding Christianity. My husband and I had been out at the lake and we were coming home on a Sunday afternoon. It was the first rain of the season on the mountainous highway on fresh asphalt and we had a young and inexperienced driver hit us head on. Um, Dave basically died at the scene and I still to this day don't have much recollection of that accident. 
Definitely, like, you know, there's been some times that we're, like, questioning because, like, we think we're following in his path and, and just saying, hey, you know, we're being devout followers here. Why are, why are some of the things that you're throwing at us struggles, right? Um, whether it's kids or just personal, you know, personal things. And, you know, in, in, I think it just makes us stronger, honestly. It really does. And that's the way I take it. I know my wife and I, we, we definitely have, you know, um, we talks and we, you know, we're each other's kind of, you know, sounding boards, I guess is what you can call it. And, you know, and we, the, the one thing that's actually pretty consistent though is we never question is our devotion or question his faith in us, right? But we just like, you know, thought we're doing good here, Jesus, what's going on? You know, <laughs> why, why are you making this so difficult for us uh, in, in these particular situations? I just don't even want to think how life would have been because I spent so many times on my face in prayer and in tears. And if I didn't have God right there by me with his arms around me, I just don't even want to think about it. Because if it wasn't for him, you know, I don't know where I'd be. Like I said, when I was agnostic, I didn't know, right? I mean, I thought life was great. And, you know, now that I, I became a Christian and, and learning and, you know, I was like, I didn't think life could be any better as, as an agnostic, but life is better. I mean, it's just amazing to have his love and support for you, right? And just having that unconditional kind of love and just knowing that, hey, if you sin, you know, if you, if you, if you own up to it, I'm going to be here, I'm going to love you, I'm going to guide you and just, you know, trust in me and, and following me. I was really angry. And I just felt the pull. I just want, I knew that I wanted to go somewhere and I wanted to um, be a part of a group and just serve a greater purpose than myself. And I was going through some Sunday papers one day and I grabbed this value pack and I'm like, coupons yeah I can stand to you know save some money and I was flipping through and they had a various amount things in there then I came upon open life and it said welcome come check us out I'm like okay I think I will and I went and I was praying I said you know what Lord if this is the place that you want me to be however long it is you know how I like hugs just have somebody to hug me when I first get there and know that I'm okay and I walked up to the door and the greeter was Renee. And she gave me a great big hug and says, word for word, I'm so glad you're here. And I, on the inside, I was going, yes, this is it. Thank you, God. Any type of stresses in life, we know to just give to Jesus. We also praise, we do a lot of praising here as well, right? And we, we're not like, you know, praise Jesus, right? <laughs> we're more, you know, a little subtle and just like, you know, hey, let's thank Jesus for what we have and making sure that we don't feel any type of entitlement, you know, for what we're given here. So um, that's one of the big things. Another big thing too that, that, that we're recognizing is actually the faith that's being instilled in our kids, which is huge for us, right? So that way they're learning in a, in a Christian background. We're, we're obviously gonna let them make their own choice as they grow up and explore and are, you know, become adults. But we, at least with this, which was unique to me, is you know, they're gonna have this learning and hopefully they can continue to you know, follow this path. Peace, definite peace. The fact that I don't have to carry it all on my own. And just that, I can just focus on other things. Loving people, being loved by Jesus, being present for people. I don't have to worry about 150 million things. God takes care of that.
Jesus will take all your stresses, right? So whenever we're encountering stressful situations with the kids or, you know, just whatever the light deals us, you know, we just give it to Jesus and he takes it and uh, we just know, you know, he has a plan for us. I wanted to come home. I felt like the, I don't know if prodigal daughter would be the right thing, but it's like, I'm tired of going on my own. I need to connect, I need to get back. And it just feels good to have that kind of relief, right? I just wasn't feel, feeling like I was serving my purpose right. And I needed to have that part of me taken care of. The unconditional aspect, right? And that's one thing I'm a big proponent of within my own family is like, hey, I love you unconditionally, right? And I feel that from Jesus and I, I get that from his teachings. It's like, you know what, you know, you're, we're his children. And if, you know, if we, sin or if we fall down he's going to be right there to pick us up with open arms and it's just that is such a great you know feeling to have that kind of father you know that's willing to do that and just say hey i love you no matter what because you you just don't go ahead and walk through life with one shoe on you have to take care of your feet you have to take care of your whole body and your spirit and my spirit wasn't being taken care of and i needed needed a good strong church I'm certainly no angel. And you might not realize it, but I know what you came looking for today. Jesus. And the way you find Jesus is through choosing to follow him. Just like Steve said, we're going to we're going to pray. We're going to close our eyes and I'm going to give you an opportunity if you've never invited Jesus into your life or chosen to follow him, just to raise your hand and say, today's my day. And maybe you're going to have that euphoric experience or maybe it's going to be more like a decision that you discover in time. What does this mean for me? But you're going to find peace and you're going to feel mercy and you're going to know grace and you're going to have a love for both yourself and others that is eye-opening because he transforms you instantly. Yeah, you may leave here a little afraid of what you've just done, but full of joy. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can open it up and read a beautiful moment of your resurrection. You rose from the dead, and now we have an opportunity to place our faith in you the Son of God. We search through so many things in our life and we, we're looking for peace and we're looking for what will give us fulfillment and, and, and yet there's more. Even though we might not think we need more, there's an opportunity through following you that every one of us need. We're looking for Jesus and today we have an opportunity to find you through placing our faith in you. So with our eyes closed here, if you've never invited Jesus into your life and you want to follow him today, if you want this to be your day where things become new, peace floods in, you're transformed. I want to pray with you. Will you just raise your hand if that's you? Just raise your hand. I want to, want to pray with you today. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. 
God, I, I look at those out here who are seeking you, and I just pray that, God, they'll say that simple phrase, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you and, and help me in the coming days grow to understand what that means. Lord, may we go out from here and be those that are full of love and mercy and grace and not those who are offering judgment and condemnation. Let's drop the stones and walk away. But others of us, Lord, let us rise up and go and tell people about your love. As that angel commanded for those women, go quickly and tell. May that be our posture. May that be our posture, God. Equip us to go and tell. It's a beautiful story, and you want to use every one of us to do that. In Jesus' mighty name. The worship team is going to sing. While they do, you've got that connection card in your hand or on your phone uh, or mobile device. If you want to fill that out, and there's a response portion where you can share with us. If you chose to follow Jesus, check that box or click that box. If you are restarting your faith or maybe you want to take a step and get baptized in future weeks, jot that down and we'll follow through with you. Thank you for being here. Jaden will come and close us in a few minutes, but Jamie, feel free to lead us in a song while we reflect on the talk. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at livinglifeopen.com. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.